Fantasy Players Club. I'm your host, Levi the Heartbreak Kid Valentine at Levi underscore Valentine on Twitter. Joining me is my co-host, Trevin the Babymaker Cremosta, whose tweets are too hot for your eyes. <laughs> Bring back your old nickname, Trevin. Oh, how's it going tonight, Levi? <laughs> it's, I have a little cold, so bear with me to both you and the listeners as we try to fight through this and put out some quality content. How have you been doing? Surviving with that baby another week in the books? Another week down, only a lifetime to go. <laughs> but it's been it's good. easier every week, right? <laughs> yep, I think so. <laughs> no, it's been good. We're all getting into a routine here, so hopefully the sleep is coming. But it's been it's been nothing but cool. Do you want to share what happened tonight, or do you want to save that for another time? I don't know. It's a little gross to start off the show with that, so I think we'll <laughs> skip that for now. All right. Well, <laughs> we won't set that type of tone. Uh, what we can talk about instead is what's going on in the NFL, which, Trevin, the fantasy playoffs are here, and so is the COVID apocalypse. Tons of positive tests these past two days. I think I saw a stat that there were more positive tests this week than there were in like the last two months. So mm-hmm. lots of outbreaks. Uh, we've seen it <clears throat> most notably with the Browns. And then I think the Washington football team has had quite a few as well. So it'll be and interesting. And the, the Rams also, if we're just listing teams here. Yep. Cooper Cup should have not played on Monday and you wouldn't have beat me. That would have been. <laughs> yeah, hang on. Before we get to the COVID stuff, you've been bragging all year about your record against me. So we did play in two different leagues last weekend. You want to tell the listeners how that went? Yeah. One, I was trying to get a better pick, so I wanted you to beat me, and you did, thankfully. Your worthless team was – I was going to trash your team if you let me beat you in that league. I did. It wasn't like it was to. close. I did beat you by a lot, but go on. Yeah. And then the other one is our redraft league where uh, you did get a lucky win. <laughs> lucky? I, I had the most points in the league. I think even you would admit that was pretty fortunate because you won by six points. My quarterback was Lamar Jackson, who, of course, put up one point before he went out early in that game. And I think if he was healthy that whole game, we could both agree it's very likely that I would have beat you in that league. No, you'll never get me to admit that. <laughs> okay. And that loss is probably going to cost me a chance at the playoffs, so that stings even more. And I lost to the other team that's gonna that passed me in the standings last week by, like, point three points so the <laughs> wheels are falling off in that league lamar's <laughs> lowest game before this week was 9.4 points and that was against cleveland two weeks ago so even if he just got the 9.4 points that was his previous low this season i still would have beat you so things are not breaking my way in that league certainly <laughs> to say the least we have one more week until the playoffs in that league and i need to outscore you by 30 or have a win and the other guy lose so we'll see Good luck to you. It's been a couple of years since you made the playoffs in that league, so I'm rooting for you, buddy. Should be in. Should be in. <laughs> All right, back to the COVID news. I couldn't let you <laughs> off that saying how last weekend went. But, yes, you beat me twice. I do still have the 3-2 season-long lead. And you were also a coward, and we have that in our campus to Canton league where you get to pick your opponent in the playoffs if you are the third seed. Uh, you get a pick between the five and the six and I was the five seed and you elected to play the six like the coward you are. So <laughs> you don't get a chance to tie it up back, this week. Back to the Lamar Jackson thing. The other guy <laughs> that I had the option to choose from does have Lamar Jackson. So I know I'd pick the cowardly way out, but I'm trying to win a championship here. I'm not playing for who's the bigger man. I'm just trying to win. So hopefully yeah. Lamar Jackson's still out this week so I can beat that guy. And hopefully I get I can take down Todd so I can save us all a couple more weeks of his <laughs> comments. There you go. 
his band. Maybe I'll see you in the championship. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you have to worry about that. You got a buzzsaw coming your way next week if you win, I think. But so anyway, we'll back to COVID route breaks. <laughs> what a, I know you kind of did something for our C2C league with all these COVID outbreaks coming up, and it would be a shame if somebody – found out the week the day of that uh somebody's not going to play or got a couple guys not playing so what did you do in that league for solving that or trying to help solve that yeah with the increased outbreaks and the fantasy playoffs here i wanted everybody to have a fair shake i think it's you know it's a long season you've dealt with a lot just to get to the playoffs and to lose it on some covid stuff that's just out of your control would be unfortunate so the way we handled it uh in that league is it's kind of weird, right? With this week, we have Saturday games starting. So we have the Thursday, typical Thursday night game. And then we have two games on Saturday before the Sunday slate starts. So the way I decided to handle it was I decided our league is on sleeper. So I had everybody go in and change the nicknames of their players to rank their preferred backups in order from one through whatever they want to rank. And then if they end up like let's say they have a player who ends up being out on Sunday, like the noon game or maybe an afternoon game or even Sunday night or Monday uh, or even Saturday. But like the way I handled it is you would have, you could make all the normal lineup changes you want to make, but the way you rank those players based on their nicknames, like one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever is the order I would go in and replacing a player. So like, let's say Trevin, you had a player on Sunday afternoon who ends up testing positive that morning and can't play in the game that afternoon and you were expecting him to be available and your preferred option on your bench played Saturday afternoon. I would then go to your bench and sub in your number one preferred option if he was eligible for that slot on your roster. So like, let's say it's a running back and your number one alternate was a running back. I'd put that guy in, or if you didn't have any running backs until number three or four, I'd put the highest ranked one in and you would get the points for that instead of just being stuck with a zero or subbing in a less than ideal alternate. And this is only for COVID players, and we're doing it, so you have to rank your alternates before the game starts tomorrow. And I'll just choose the highest one available that isn't subbed into your lineup or uh, you know, doesn't have a positive COVID test themselves or whatever the case may be. But if they are right. injured... If they are injured, either the player in your starting lineup or the player that was your alternate, you're just out of luck. Like that was your number one option. That's you get their injured score or you don't get a sub them out if they're injured. It's only strictly for COVID. And I'm assuming now you're just going to bed praying every night that there isn't a huge COVID outbreak and you're (laughs) as a commissioner, not needing to track all these things as much. Yeah. I think the ideal outcome for everyone is that everybody can manage through it on their own without me having to make any changes. Uh, but really we'll see, I guess what happens. (laughs) No, that I think that is definitely the way to go if you are an active commissioner like yourself, but it does add a lot of work for you and a lot of explaining to all, um, league people who are (laughs) getting into the playoffs here. And there are some people that just don't pay as much attention and everything. So kudos to you. I don't know if it's necessary for every league, but definitely for your, uh, more leagues with people that pay more attention and everything it's a a fair way to go i think a couple of the other leagues i'm in the way the commissioners handled it is you just have a designated backup for that spot so like maybe you have one quarterback one running back one receiver one tight end whatever 
uh, one flex, then that if that person in that slot is out, that would be your sub. It's just that one designated one for that position. So there are multiple ways to do it, and some leagues aren't doing anything. And I think you know that's fine too. It just needs to be whatever everybody in that, or at least the most people in that league, are comfortable with. Yep. Well, way to go. Hopefully, it, we don't see big outbreaks and surprise uh, guys getting held back on game days. Hopefully, do you like that solution? Is that how you would have handled it, or do you? Think I do it De- definitely. I think it's definitely the most fair way to handle it. It is also the way that makes the most work for the commissioner. So, <laughs> like I said, for uh, leagues where there's very active leagues, I think it's the way to go. But if your league isn't as active, maybe you just tell everybody. Everybody, keep an eye on it yourself, and those are the breaks if somebody gets COVID the day of the game. And if anybody wants to know more about that, feel free to tweet at me or Trevin, and we'll give you more details on how we handled it if you want to try to implement it in your league. There you go. Or the Fantasy Players Club. <laughs> or the Fantasy Players Club. <laughs> All right. Should we hop into the main event, Trevin? Yep, sounds good. And now for our main event. For tonight's main event, we're going to talk about a couple clutch performers who helped their team significantly down the stretch here. Travis teams are making that final playoff push. The first player on our list is one you came up with. So who you got for us? Yeah. So like you said, the most impactful weeks here uh, leading into the playoffs, you needed guys to get you there. And the number one guy for the whole league, I think, is George Kittle. And everybody that drafted him in whatever leagues you're in, this was what you're envisioning. And he's had a down year, has had injuries, just hasn't had the numbers that you want to see. Until these last two weeks with the playoff push, it, he went bananas. Just the number one scorer overall in the PBR formats. With uh, week 13 against Seattle, had a nine catch, 181 yards, two touchdowns. Um, actually had five yards rushing too, and a just under 40 point performance. He followed that up for week 14 against the Bengals had 13 catches, 151 yards and one touchdown for 34 points. So it just completely blows away any other tight end. So you're just getting such an advantage there. Uh, the next closest guy was Mark Andrews had just under 19 points. Oh, sorry. That's average. Uh, just uh, 37 and a half points compared to George Kittle, who had the 73.7 points for the last two weeks. And then, it drops off quickly after that. So that's the advantage you're wanting out of the tight end spot if you're getting a guy like George Kittle and he provided these last two weeks. Yeah, it's certainly been a welcome sight for people who have George Kittle on their fantasy teams. Uh, he's this been, what I've been waiting for all year. Yeah, so he's been uh, out, missed quite a few games this year. This is only his 10th game played, which I think is what we've kind of come to expect from him, unfortunately. You look back at his career, He's been incredible. He's on the field uh, starting in 2018 and going through this year. These are his points per game and where he ranks among tight ends. Uh, 2018, he was 16 points per game, number three among tight ends. 2019, 15.9, number one among tight ends. 2020, 15.6, number three among tight ends. And then this year, he's averaging 16.8 points, which is number one among tight ends. So when he's on the field, he is an incredible player and a difference maker for your fantasy team. But the problem is... Like this year, he's played 10 games, so he's missed four or three, I guess, with the bye week. Uh, and then last year, he only played eight games. The year before that, 14, so he missed two. And then his one full season was 2018 when he had 16 games, uh, his second year in the league. So that's the thing that always made me hesitant to have him on my team in Dynasty Trevin is just, one, the cost, and then two, I think just the way he plays, you're likely to see this trend continue as far as you're never going to have him on the field 
for an entire season because he is such a violent runner after he gets the ball and he, you know, is very involved in block run blocking as well. And I think that's additional risk for injury with just how good of a run blocker he is and how much contact he absorbs on those plays. So I think, you know, he's now five years into his career. Uh, he's tw- just turned 28 should be in the prime of his career, uh, obviously putting up a lot of stats, but is he someone you want on your dynasty roster as we move forward? Or is he someone you'd be looking to try to sell high for if you can, based on what people are saying from him here at the end of this year? I'm definitely not selling on him. I just think it's so limited, the tight ends for who can make big difference makers. There's, you know, five or six guys. We don't have to go through all of them where you can kind of get you can get the 10 catches, two touchdown games. There just isn't that many. The most, every other tight end pass that five or six, you're just hoping for that touchdown. That's really it. There's not a big difference between all of them. So he's one of those five or six guys that are difference makers. Um, Unless my team's completely rebuilding a dynasty, he's, I just know that's what he is. He's going to have some injuries, but he's also going to have these games that the other tight end can really match. And that's what I have him for. And just, he offsets. He did such a difference compared to what that other your opponent has at tight end, except unless he has, you know, Kelsey basically, <laughs> or Andrews this year too. Yeah. Andrews is certainly ascending. Uh, he's the number one tight end in points on the year. Uh, overtaking yeah, might Kelsey. Take down, the, uh, yeah. Go ahead. You're going to say the same thing. <laughs> could be the first time in a long time. Kelsey hasn't finished as the number one tight end in fantasy. Yeah. I think it's four or five years in a row. Yeah. So, with that, like, just looking, you know, if you can find someone in your league who has someone like Mark Andrews and would be willing to give you a little something on top of him for a Kittle, I'd have a hard time saying no to that. Just looking at DLF's ADP, which I don't know how much data they have in season, but those two are back-to-back at five and six in the rankings with Pitts, Kelsey Waller, and Hawkinson above them. So I just... I would rather have someone with similar upside who I think is going to be on the field a little more. And uh, that is, I think Andrews, despite his play this year, seems to not have the brand recognition or value <laughs> that some of these other elite options have. And if I could move off of Kittle and get someone like that, that would be a way, trade I'd certainly be interested in. Yeah, I guess I was thinking of a trade where you're not including one of those guys getting back. If it he probably is the one guy that I'd be worried about out of that group of five or six guys that actually matter. But so if you can trade for one of those, I would, but I was envisioning a trade where you're not having one of those guys that actually make a difference at a tight end. So yeah, as you were alluding to the, his year before that, he had uh, one game before this prior to this with more than five catches and one game of more than a hundred yards. And then he just explodes for nine catches, 13 catches, 181 yards, 151 yards. So he can do it. And this is why you hold on to him. Debo Samuel owners certainly weren't thrilled to see what he's done these past <laughs> couple weeks and how that's affected Debo. But Trevin, would, is he someone you'd be looking to go out and buy in Dynasty then if you're uh, pretty pr- pretty positive on him overall? Yeah, I I would hope whoever has him is maybe looking to sell after these two weeks thinking it's a high price. But I uh, my strategy is just to have one of those five or six guys. So if that's the lowest cost guy you can get, then that's what I'd be going after. It's tough. I wish uh, wish we could have given that advice, you know, in week 10 or whatever when he's coming off injuries and not playing much this year. It would have been better advice for people, but I would still go out and get him if you're, if you're a contending team needs one of the tight ends. Is he your favorite target at cost of those five or six you like? Uh, if you're saying he's – what would you have him ranked at for? Uh, fifth, I think it was. 
behind Pitts, uh, Kelsey, uh, Waller, Hawkinson. I would, I would probably. Be surprised if... Sorry, go ahead. No, that's. I think that's a uh, fair where those are ranked. So I would probably check on the prices if I was looking to get one of these guys. I'd check on the prices of the guys above him first. But he's the kind of end of the list of these tight ends that I actually want. What do you think? I don't know. Like like I said, it's just the injuries that worry me with him. And looking at some of these other, I'm just looking at the DLF trade finder. It looks like, I mean, there one example is like Kittle for a 2022 first and Van Jefferson. That's a pretty interesting one. Uh, first, a second, Noah Gray for George Kittle. Um, I'm trying to find some of the ones that are less pieces involved. Uh, Terrace Marshall, a first and a second. So uh, uh, T. Higgins for George Kittle, straight up. So it seems like maybe a first and a second or a good young player. Uh, Goddard and a first. Would you do that one? I don't think I would. I think Goddard's just one of those guys. I know he's having a good year this year, but I just don't think he's a difference maker. I think he's any of those tight ends, any just another tight end. So oh, I would you give would you give Goddard in a first for Kittle? Oh yes, absolutely. See, that's one where I think I'd take the Goddard side, honestly. Hmm. But I think that's those are some interesting deals. I don't think we're way off. I think it's just personal preference, Trevin. Like like I said, I his production, there's no arguing when he's on the field, he's great. It's just the game's missed at this point. And I I worry about that wear and tear, you know, as he gets into his late twenties here and uh, how that's going to continue to impact his availability going forward. Sure, sure. All but right. Look at Gronk. Gronk's back now after all those injuries he had. Yeah. He took but he's also not on the field has... every year. <laughs> yeah. Took a year off and has Tom Brady thrown in the wall. That helps a little bit. <laughs> sure. Uh, let's see, Trevin, our second player here. We ready to move on to him? Yep. This is a guy you had, so you can go ahead. Yeah. So I picked out James Conner, who's been the number five player in fantasy over the past couple of weeks, uh, 19.1 points in week 13, 33 and a half in week 14. He's benefited significantly from uh, Chase Edmonds going out due to injury in week nine. Uh, Edmonds, didn't, Edmonds only had one carry in week nine before he went out. So starting in week nine, James Conner had 40 points when was the number one running back in fantasy that week. And then he finished his running back 18, 8, 11, and 2. So he's been a reliable running back one with as much upside as any back out there since Conner went out, Trevin. Uh, especially those last two weeks, notwithstanding. So where are you at on James Conner this week? He's now running back six overall on the year, which is hard to believe. <laughs> I'm, if I'm... Connor, if I own him, then I'm feeling great. I mean, as soon as Edmonds went out, like you said, he's just completely taken over the backfield. He's very dependent on the touchdowns, but he keeps doing it, and they seem to want to give it to him instead of having Kyler Murray maybe take some more hits as he's been injured. So I think it's going to continue for him, and it looks like he's going to keep getting those touchdowns. So if I've got him, I'm very happy with where it's at and very happy I've got him for the playoffs. 16 touchdowns, total touchdowns on the year, 14 <laughs> rushing, two receiving. It's And what's surprising to me is just how involved he has been in the receiving game. Nine catches for 94 yards this past week, uh, 29 for 303 on the year. He's been incredibly yeah. efficient as a pass catcher, Trevor. When you look at his, his numbers, I mean, that, he is. Those numbers are hilarious. As soon as Edmonds went out, it just a switch flip for him. He had zero zero one two one one zero zero for the weeks that Edmonds was actually there so uh, Edmonds was definitely a pass catcher beforehand but he's he's the one doing it now 
Yeah, he's been incredibly efficient in receiving number three in yards per reception, over 10 yards of catch for <laughs> uh, James Conner this year, which helps offset some of his rushing inefficiency. He's only averaging 3.7 yards of carry on the ground. What worries me most with him going forward the rest of the season, though, Trevin, is he suffered that injury on the last play of the game this week against the Rams. Uh, and they came out and said it was an ankle injury. He got an MRI, MRI on Tuesday. Uh so and they didn't practice today on Wednesday, and I think he may be getting. Uh, let me see. Nope. Yeah, no practice today. They say he's day to day, but they haven't provided a lot of detail on the severity of that. Uh, Chase Edmonds is expected back this week, week fifteen against. The oh, Lions. is I didn't see that. Gotcha. Yeah, so there's a chance that James Conner sits this week and Chase Edmonds comes back and assumes the number one role in that backfield. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, I guess, how this unfolds, but certainly something to keep an eye on with Connor the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, how about in Dynasty? Is it anybody, as you change your feelings on him at all for Dynasty? I think, you know, you look at James Conner, he's now 26, 26 years old. Yep. Just uh, he'll be 27 going into next season, so came towards the tail end of that, you know, prime for running back. And he was never that explosive to start with. He only had a a four six five forty coming out, and was really not great burst either. So or agility. So I think he just kind of is what he is. Like he's a good complimentary back, but I don't. And he's in a great offense this year, certainly, and that helps a lot. And I think he can continue to have a role, but I. I don't expect him to have 16 touchdowns and finish as a top 10 back ever again. I think this is his career year, but I think he is probably a player that's either going to be a flex option or good, you know, depth piece to have on your roster going forward. So I'm not going out and looking to, to spend a lot on him and dicey, but I don't think you have to either. No. Um, so you wouldn't be looking to sell him at the end of the season. He's only on a one-year contract. And he wasn't this guy when he did have somebody else competing in the backfield. So I worry about where he's going to go and what kind of competition he's going to have wherever he ends up. I just don't think you're going to be able to get that much for him if you do try to sell him. And I think probably at this point in the season, most of the teams that he's on are contenders who went out and got him if he wasn't already on a contender. So at that point, I think he might as well hold and see what happens. And hopefully he can be a contributor for you going forward. I think everybody, a lot of people were out on him before this year and lo and behold he's been one of the most valuable backs <laughs> in fantasy uh just looking thinking back to you know in our campus to canton league we mentioned james connor was actually traded from a non-contender to a contender in november november 12th was the trade and the price was only a fourth round pick and a sixth round pick in the 2022 campus side draft so <laughs> that looks incredibly like an incredibly great value in hindsight and i just think you know after the season, even with the way he's finished, I just don't know how much more you're going to be able to get. So I'd probably be more inclined to hold at this point and just see what happens. Yeah. I just wouldn't be expecting much going forward. He's shown that he's a sturdy guy, but his yards per carry this year, like you said, was 3.8. And that's actually the least of his career. So it's not like he's becoming an explosive guy. All of a sudden he's just getting a lot of goal end work and turn a lot. Uh, kudos to him, turn a lot of red zone touches into touchdowns, but I don't know if that's something that you can think is going to keep happening. Probably not at this rate, especially if he is in a shared backfield like the plan was with Edmonds. But again, you know, injuries happen, and someone yep. like him has shown the ability to step into that role and be the workhorse back in offense and produce. And there are only so many of those guys to go around in the NFL, and I think that has value on a dynasty roster. 
Yep, that's true. Um, I'm sure you saw then the number two running back for the last two weeks. It's kind of a surprising list here. Fill me in. Who you got? Javante Williams has been just one point basically behind James Conner for the last two weeks, of 51 points. Uh, then Leonard Fournette and uh, David Montgomery rounds out the top four. So kind of a surprising list there to me. It's not the big names I was expecting. That is with Dalvin Cook had a bye. So he had 35 points in one week, but he's just uh, a little bit behind for the two-week total. Yeah, I know we didn't – we don't have – we're we're doing quicker shows now with your – now that you're a girl dad. So <laughs> but give me your quick thoughts on Javante Williams. Where does he, you know, kind of fall in your dynasty rankings at this point when you're looking he at looks- the young running backs? Very good, very explosive. Um, I'm worried he's he is getting a good volume of receptions that maybe won't hold up if they get a different quarterback that's not Bridgewater checking the ball down. So that's the part that worries me a little bit, but uh, he takes over the backfield that should replace or offset any rece- receptions he might lose. And he looks good and explosive. He's might be, uh, I don't know, he might be my favorite rookie running back so far. How about you? Wow, ahead of Najee. I think so. I think to me, Najee just seems so reliant on those short passes that Big Ben gives him that I'm worried that he's not as valuable in a PPR league and without Big Ben going forward. Yeah. It'll be interesting with Denver. Elway's never shown a desire to have a quarterback that (laughs) runs the ball a lot or (laughs) like is good. I don't, I I don't see them (laughs) drafting probably like a Malik Willis type, like some mocks I've seen have them taking him. And I don't know if, you know, Corral is going to be there by the time they pick. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them end up with a, a player who doesn't run a lot and that could continue to check down to, to Javante. But even without that, if, you know, I th- as he kind of takes over this backfield, I think you have to have him in your top five to 10 running backs just based on his age and the opportunity he's going to have. Draft capital he got, the size and athleticism. I mean, he looks like he's going to be a stud and he's kind of shown that on the field these past couple of weeks. And uh, I think that, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> the upside is there certainly. Yep. I like him a lot. He looks, looks like a professional running back. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag analysis. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that was a good discussion on two interesting players, Trevin. Shall we move on to our question of the week? Yeah. I've got a question for you this week. So we're getting into the holiday season. Uh, are you a candy cane guy? Uh, it's not something I seek out, but if I stumble across one, I enjoy candy cane. <laughs> you? So, yeah, I enjoy them. And it's always when you're a kid, it's fun to make them kind of pointy and stab people with them. So if you <laughs> get a real... Like a, spoken like someone who grew up with two brothers. <laughs> so if you get a real thick candy cane and you're looking to make it pointy, uh, what would be the best way to do it? You think you get a nail file or even maybe a hand oh, grinder or maybe even on the concrete, you can get them pointy or would you give it to Nancy Reagan? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was going to say a pencil sharpener, but... <laughs> It sounds like you've got you got some other options can, there that you may prefer. You can use some pencil sharpener if you want. I'm picking Nancy Reagan. <laughs> I have no comment on I Nancy think she Reagan. can sharpen up a candy cane, <laughs> according to the stories we've heard these last couple of days. That is not where I thought you were going with that question. <laughs> okay, you taking pencil sharpener. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on that note, uh, our beer of the week, Trevin. <laughs> yeah. our advent calendar here 
this week I have a Grundle uh, Bavarian Lager. So this one's a little confusing. It's underneath the on the logo. It says Hellas Lager Beer. So I don't. It seems like every one of these beers we're getting in this damn Advent calendar are the Hell's style. And I about burn out on this. So I'm hoping this one is a little different since it says Bavarian Lager, but we'll see. That might just be English for Hellas or something. I should look at what Hell's means. Do you, have, do you know what Hell's means in German? I think it's just a style. but I don't know if it was a, like if it translates to whatever in English, if it just means Pilsner or something. I don't know. Ellis means Wait. pale in color, as these beers are often golden. Hmm. The German-style Helles lager is a bit rounder or fuller-bodied than light lager and even all-malt pilsners. So, yeah, that is the one downfall of this advent calendar. I wish there was a little bit more diversity to it. A lot, about half of them have been just that Hells, and they all taste pretty similar because they're all from Germany and the Hells beer. Yes, I agree. Get some Oktoberfest, get some other, like, there got to be, like, you know, there's a hundred thousand different styles of craft beer here in the United States. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think the Germans are not doing craft beer. So, yeah, that's a yeah. disappointing part of this advent calendar. It is when you get one that's not one of those just hells, it does feel like a little extra treat. Yeah, definitely. So, is that what, so that's what I got this week. I'm going to pour it. What do you have? So yeah, our, uh, somehow our advent calendars are not giving us the same beer every day. So I've got this one with a horse on it. And it is a... It's not just a horse, to be clear. Yeah, it's got a little guy on it too. Hand Worklin, Worklik, Gibrot Craft Beer. It's a first Carl Keller beer. So it, mine's not a Hell's it's Keller beer, I guess. But it is a pretty, it's a little bit darker kind of a amber to it oh pretty a little darker that see i got an observation from all your reviews on all these beers you've been doing on snapchat every night since they've all been mostly that hell style like we mentioned pretty much every mm-hmm. single time you show the beer you go pretty light beer like <laughs> what am i supposed if time. they all look the same then what <laughs> they all look the same and taste somewhere there's not a lot i could say to it it's like it doesn't even matter it's just pretty light beer <laughs> Well, you don't even do reviews anymore, so that's my bone to pick with you. I'm on Untapped. If people want to add me on Untapped, you can. No, we demand video reviews. No, you can find me Levi Valentine on Untapped. Boo, boo. Uh, yeah, just no space on my username. Nobody go to that. Nobody go to that. Demand video reviews from him. What are you rating that beer? So my first, 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 Carl. Yeah, it's kind of like it's an amber beer. It's pretty refreshing, kind of crisp. Let's give it a 6.7. Mine just tastes like a standard lager, nothing special. So I'm going 5.5. Very nice. What yours look like again? I missed your. No, I mean your can. Uh, So I know. Just a yellow can with the blue logo yeah i haven't had that one yet grendel grendel not the not the most original can i've ever seen <laughs> there you go there you go we'll have one more advent calendar beer for you next week oh uh, yeah <laughs> wrap it up 
All right. Well, thanks for being part of the Fantasy Players Club, everybody. Uh, go sign up for our DraftKings League if you haven't already. Trevin has stopped doing them because I guess he's too busy now. But <laughs> we do have a group of like seven or eight people who consistently do them every week. Uh, and we'll have contests on Thursday, Saturday with the Saturday games this week, Sunday and Monday. So, and we'll have a new episode of the show for you next week. Until then, on behalf of Trevin, the girl dad, Promosta. This is Levi Valentine wishing you good luck in week 15. Go win some playoff games, folks. There you go. Take our advice and win some games. See ya. See ya. season finale of succession so we're going to talk about it a little bit if you have not if you watch the show and have not yet watched it and don't want to be spoiled go ahead and skip the rest of the show because we're probably going to have some spoilers in here so <laughs> uh i'll give you a chance to do that now uh three two one all right everybody who's okay with spoilers proceed <laughs> trevin what'd you think of the finale i really really liked it i love this show anyway um the writing's so good on it. i think all the characters are it's fun to watch them it's that you're not really rooting for any of them because they're all assholes but i really like the episode uh tom has been one of my favorite characters and he finally seems like he fought back against the whole family and his wife specifically that's always kind of treated him like a lower class person and not really cared what he had to think i think she kind of liked the power dynamic there and he kind of flipped it on her and looks like he might have some power now and i i liked it how about you what's your quick review i i agree with everything you said except for i do find myself rooting for greg yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't think you're supposed to because he turns out it was an asshole too when he had his dad or grandpa once as soon as he didn't think his inheritance was there anymore all of a sudden he's fighting against greenpeace <laughs> <And> so <laughs> i don't think he's a good guy either i think he is fun to kind of root for but i think it's he's supposed to be an asshole too yeah or at least like- has been corrupted by the money oh, that's sure. been in power and oh. play here yeah he's just trying to he's just a grifter trying to hang on and get whatever <laughs> table scraps he can he's like it's funny because you have like the kids and then you have tom who's like i would say it goes in the power structure obviously logan at the top and then you have like shiv kendall roman and then you have below that uh 
what's the other guy's name? The other brother. The oh, Connor. 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 And then below him, you have Tom, and then you have Greg down at the very bottom. Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that a fair assessment? I think so. And I've liked the Greg. Uh, and now I'm, I lost his name now. Greg and Tom's relationship the whole series has oh, been great because they're kind of two. I love it. They're just kind of the two oh. outsiders to where they're both. They were both not kind of raised in money, and right. they're both just kind of get the short end of the stick a lot with the Roy family. So they've kind of found each other to be, you know, to support each other or whatever. And just Tom kind of sees him as somebody to beat around once in a while because he's the only one lower than him. But That's I think what I there's also like. there's also I, I times think... that it is the only guy that he can trust and be around. I think Tom like emotionally abuses him. <laughs> I don't know. I think it. I think it's sometimes it is the guy that he can kick around because it's the only guy lower than him but i do think some of it comes from love a little bit or however you want to say trust throws crap at him and in the room and he freaks out on him because he can't do it on anybody else he doesn't know how to channel his emotions (laughs) that's where i think the abuse part comes in but he did give him the he could have done what he did anyway without him and he did give him the ladder to kind of move to his spot that he's going to now yeah i think he he cares about him but yeah. he does abuse him. That's a good way to put it. I think so. Yeah. So that I like both of those characters, but that does bother me about Tom. Uh, I the other thing with this episode I really liked was I think it made it clear that Logan doesn't respect his kids at all. Like he can't trust them <laughs> to be the ones actually managing the company or anything. Like I think he enjoys kicking them around and having them fight against each other and stuff. But when there is actual moves to be done he knows that he can't trust his kids because they're all stupid and backstabbing each other and i think he actually was in position of trusting roman until he got the dick pic from him <laughs> like he actually <laughs> was respecting him and thought this is a guy that maybe does have the business sense i need and then <laughs> blew that up immediately like, some skills that can be useful yeah. to him right like yeah yeah and i think siobhan has that same like, I don't think he respects her the same way he respected Roman, but I think he does recognize that she does have some useful, like, business aptitude, but probably not enough to actually hinder the reins to the company. I read her wrong. I think he can knows that he can use her for some things, just inner family stuff. Yeah. But and it's, it's just a, he has a little carrot that he gives her to, like, fuck over Kendall once in a while. But other than that, he doesn't really trust her to do anything else. Yeah. Because then when then push comes to shove here, they're actually making a deal. He just he's back with his old crew of Carl and uh, I'm forgetting the woman's name and the other guy's name that are always yeah. the guys on the board, Jerry, Carl, Jerry, and well, I don't remember the other guy's name, but that's the people that he actually needs to do something. Yeah. So coming into this episode, you thought Kendall was dead. I did. I thought his story was kind of over and this didn't seem to be a show that's just going to rerun storylines over and over. So I thought, um, I thought they'd really end him, but they kind of transformed what his storyline was. He's no longer just him against his dad and against his siblings. And now it changed a lot. His he's actually on teammates with the siblings, but it's shown that they don't have anything. <laughs> yeah. And I did like the scene where, he actually broke down and told them everything that happened and they in their dysfunctional way tried to comfort him or you know like did they though <laughs> yeah, show a little 
it was kind of like robots trying to show empathy like right. <laughs> they've never had it themselves or never given it to anybody else they're just like patting his head like i think this is what you're supposed to do if somebody's like being this real with us right i don't know like and then they all came together so i felt like that was like when it comes down to it they did kind of have each other's backs in that situation a little bit it's man that i took away from that sure and but, uh I am just back on Tom. I think that's what I should ask you. Who's your favorite character on the show? Do you have one besides Greg? Yeah, I guess you said Greg. <laughs> yeah. Roman's I so like much Roman. fun to watch. Yeah, Roman's highly entertaining. Yeah, but the that, that sex scene with Shiv and Tom was like the hardest thing I've ever had to watch. Where her dirty talk to him—that's probably what ended up pushing him off the cliff too. Like, <laughs> I don't love you, and yeah. I'm too good for you. Is the dirty talk? That was difficult, and that probably what ended up costing her anyway. Every single time she has the opportunity to show that she actually does love him and just stabs him like in the chest and just breaks my yeah. heart a little bit. It is like, funny the the circle too with uh, where Tom met with Kendall and his explanation for not joining up with Kendall was, I've seen you get fucked a lot of times. I've never seen Logan get fucked. <laughs> when they met in that diner, and then that's he ends up going with Logan, probably mostly for that reason. Yeah, I thought about that immediately after the show. Uh, so, a couple of things at the end. They well, first of all, I think the kids are stupid. Like my whole thought the whole time they're trying to do this is like they're acting like this big thing that they didn't create is getting taken away from them, and even if it gets taken away oh no, you just have billions yeah. of dollars instead of a business yeah. to run and now you gotta figure out what to do with your money instead of fighting over this company that you didn't even build. Like that's yeah. your thing that you're acting on is like the end of the world. And that's why the, Logan's always represented him, I think. And he said that kind of specifically, like I made this pile of money, I can do whatever I want, go make your own pile if you're that interested in it. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode it looks like he's going to get his way and sell the company but i don't think there's any way that sale actually happens to you i don't i was thinking about that too you can't really call this show succession if there's nothing to <laughs> succeed if he's no longer the boss of this you know, mega company or whatever i don't know what the you can't what really call it that anymore be, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you succeeding now you can't marsden isn't gonna pick him or whatever that guy's name is yeah so, so I don't know. I Either the deal no gets done and the guy lets him be remain as the CEO or whatever or or yeah, the sale doesn't happen, but so he still has to be the head of the company. Yeah. So that's why it's also kind of like I, I want to see the next episode a lot, but I still, like at the end of the I'm like, there's no way that, even though he won and got the ability to sell it, I think there's no way he actually does just because then they wouldn't have a show to continue anymore. And his winning also isn't always that his deal got done. It's a lot of times his winning is just rubbing his kids' noses in something, which he did <laughs> win at. <laughs> yeah. Showing them that they the other hilarious thing was when Kendall sitting with his uh sibling said, I'm the eldest son, right when Connor's sitting there and <laughs> Connor yeah. finally kind of stood up for himself. <laughs> yeah. That guy's a character. Which I like how I mean I like, I like how out of touch you... Connor is. Like he's never done anything in his life, and he's like, "I'm gonna run for president." <laughs> yeah, but then they just constantly treat him like dirt too, and then yeah. he finally stands up as like, "Oh, you're poor, you. Your spoon wasn't shiny enough." Yeah, 
that was a, an earlier scene when he was throwing out the running for president thing and uh, the dad, Logan, just to screw with him, was like, what do we think about Connor? I think he's a straight pisser or whatever he said about <laughs> him to actually do the debate on Connor being president. Yeah, and then poor Connor. Like, what would you say if you asked asked her to marry you and she said, no, let me think about it, and then her answer eventually was just, fuck it. Yeah, especially when her origin story <laughs> hasn't been super clear, but at some point earlier in the series, I did say like she might be a prostitute. He might be like just paying her to stick around, and you ask her to marry, and she still has to think about it for a couple of days, and then says, "Fuck it." Yeah. <laughs> how bad could it be? Yeah. When you're like, how bad could it be? The heir of billions of dollars, and you, yeah, he can't get her to <laughs> like sign on to marrying you. <laughs> he was happy with that answer apparently yeah thrilled i love the travel on this show anytime they go anywhere it's like private plane to helicopter to car to it's always like three luxury vehicles to get anywhere it's hilarious that would be by far the best part of being rich in <laughs> my opinion is yeah going to the airport just getting on your private plane without having to go through TSA, sit at the gate for an hour and then get on your plane, wait for all these other idiots to put their baggage up, get to your seat and deal with somebody hogging the armrest (laughs) and putting their feet on the seat and whatever. Just being able to bypass all of that and just get on your plane and go. Step off your plane and walk right into your bins or whatever that's been driven and (laughs) go to in the big city, they're always just taking helicopters to go from one building to the other. (laughs) Every time I think about being like, uber wealthy i I think that'd be by far the best part because the other stuff like it's nice but that's just the one thing that you could actually buy that would make a huge difference airports are such a pain in the ass it's one of my worst things i I hate doing it (laughs) excuse me yeah i (laughs) i agree any other takeaways no it's probably my favorite show on television i like a lot so I don't know. I don't think it's a show that's going to last a lot longer. It just doesn't seem to. It seems to have a sh- be a show with consequences and is willing to get to the finish line. And there, I feel like there's only so many things they can do because yeah, that's what I mean. They're not just going to take over twice. And yeah. how many times can you find a different way for him to try to do it? And then yeah, the others. I don't know. There's only so much story there. There you go. There's he, dies. he has to die next season. He right? has to die. That I don't know if it's next season but uh, we're definitely getting him dead before the season the series is over i think that's how the show started was him on his deathbed yeah and it's called succession so they're all kind (laughs) of vying for the next position i think one of the funniest things is like they never actually really show them doing work like you get a little bit with kendall negotiating with this potential acquisition but like actually managing the business they never really show that no because they don't do it i think it's that's what it's supposed to be is these guys don't actually do anything yeah it's not a highlight of how cool these guys are for sure (laughs) type of show these guys are all assholes and their lives actually kind of suck other than being super wealthy and like nobody loves them and they don't love each other (laughs) i guess there was a little bit with the the cruise lines and all covering that up and having to testify but like the actual day-to-day management of the company there's almost nothing no <laughs> meetings <laughs> yeah. all right well uh, i assume next season is next year sometime 
Have they announced anything on when it's supposed to come out? I haven't seen an announcement. This was a long wait for this one with COVID, so yeah. it's fun to actually finally have it. Yeah, they left us with the real cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did, and we'll catch you next week. Yep. See you.